two, one. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you here. <laughs> this is this is honestly a, a huge pleasure. Um, so for those of you that are listening right now on Spotify, Apple, Google, all that good stuff, uh, we are not in the studio today. We are shooting on location. I'm very happy to be here at Locker 505. Um, please let us know what the organization is all about, how long you've been around, and what the what the objective is here. Okay, well, um, this is our ninth year in existence, um, and uh, basically what we do is make sure that children in Bernalillo County, Valencia County, Sandoval County, and Torrance County have clothing to go to school. So we are on Manal, and we try to be centrally located um, be on a bus line so parents and stuff can can get to us. And students are referred by not just their schools, um, but also by um, social workers, doctors, um, Albuquerque Fire and Rescue, APD. Um, we even work with the FBI a little bit on kids. So Oh, wow. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so we get um, students that come to us and they're given a personal shopper. And that's one of the things that makes us a little difference, different than lots of places is when the child comes in, they're assigned a personal shopper. So that personal shopper takes them without, throughout our facility and allows them to select the clothing that they want and want to try on. Um, and then they go back to the dressing rooms and they try everything on and we get a chance to tell them how fabulous they look <laughs> um, or not in some cases. <laughs> how how that's a little too tight um, and that type of thing. So that's always um, a, a little bit of a challenge sometimes to say, mm, honey, that's not quite you um, and stuff. But then we go back out and we pick something, you know, something else that they like. Um, and our goal really is to make sure kids are comfortable in that second skin. You know, clothing is kind of our second skin. And um, it is, if it's not right, not clean, doesn't fit correct, and some of those things, it is very frequently a basis for teasing or bullying. And so we hope that that uh, helps prevent some of that, as well as um, allowing the child to not be thinking about the fact that they have a hole in their shoes, their shirt's too small, yeah. whatever that case is. So that's that's the goal of the personal shopper is to make sure everything's fitting appropriately for that child, plus to make it an experience. Like, you know, so how's school? What's new? What's your favorite class? Who's your best friend? Um, and just, you know, let that child talk about whatever they want to talk about um, and kind of express some themselves and uh, have a good time. And that's one of the things is that we focus on is kind of it being an experience when they come. So the kids are usually here 40 to 45 minutes, and that depends on the child. Sometimes guys, sorry guys, but you're very quick and you're in and out and I'm done, just give me something to put on my body. Um, and sometimes the girls take days. Um, we have to have them come back the next day again. Um, but um, that's kind of the goal is that it's an experience um, and that they go back to school and they feel good about themselves. And part of making that an experience is the kids also get school supplies. They get hygiene items, um, which we hear more and more is a luxury item, like deodorant is a luxury item. Um, and then um, in the lobby, there are toys, stuffed animals, and books for them to select from. Oh, as wow. well. So we try to make it kind of, yes, all these things that you need for school and to feel good about yourself, but also, hey, there's a toy and a stuffed animal waiting for you out there if you're interested. You know, take your pick. Um, that type of thing. That's awesome. Um, and, and before we go further, I have to do my due diligence and give a huge shout out and a thank you to uh, Robert Gibson. Yes. Uh, he, uh, for those of you that have listening for a while, he goes by on the stage name of Buck D. Yes. Um, him and I have become friends through this podcast. I've been on his show, and then he uh, mentioned you guys on his podcast. I was like, that's awesome. And he, so he's the reason a lot of this got to happen, so I have to give a huge thank you to him. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a proponent of ours. He really <laughs> likes what we do and has been a huge supporter. Well, and he's got kids of his own. Right. And, you know, and learning a little bit about his story, it makes perfect sense why he does. why he loves what this is. and. What really stood out to me is what you just brought up. It's an experience, right? Um, what I learned about this, first and foremost, is you guys actually rented out Macy's for a bit. 
if I'm yes. not mistaken, right? Yes. So you rented out Macy's, and then you guys, again, gave him the full experience in a department store, and just hearing the story of how he went and sponsored a kid, became that shopper and did it, I mean, that's just such an amazing thing. Um, well, I have to say, yeah. so we had people that helped us with that. So um, McDonald's helped us with that. They gave us money to allow those kids to shop. Uh, Macy's did. Uh, Western Skies Community Care and Ice Wolves all were huge uh, donors in making that ha- help us make that's that awesome. happen. So each kid had $150 that they could spend on whatever they wanted. And I don't know if Robert mentioned it, but we hear frequently from those kids like, I've never been in a store like this. I don't know how this works, you know. Right. Um, and so um, next year, maybe when we do it, you can come out and be one of the personal shoppers. Yeah, I'd love to. This is a, this would be a great thing to be a part of. It's a great experience. And, you know, Coming here, I didn't know. I've never been here before. I didn't know what to expect. And I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to add some uh, some footage on top of our conversation so people can see what the inside of the, the store looks like. Because this is really a store. It is. Um, it, I didn't know if it was just going to be uh, a donation center where you can come and they, they get what they get. Or if it's like a selection type of thing. But no, like, this is a full-on store. It looks like uh, this could be a department in JCPenney's or in Target or like a section. In that. And this is a really great setup you guys have. Um, how long has the organization been around and how long have you guys been here? I'm proud to announce that the podcast is now officially sponsored by the fine people over at Chop Chili Company. Guys, this is some of the best chili you can get here in the state of New Mexico, and they are online as well as in stores. They can be found at Smith's, Albertson's, Sprouts, John Brooks, and Lowe's Corner Market. They have three amazing flavors that you see here, and they also have frozen green chili that you can get online. Go on over to the website, chopchilico.com, and get yourself some amazing chili today. So we just moved into this space in June. Okay. So this is a brand new space. We actually started um, on Constitution up near Wantabo in about 800 to 1,000 square feet. That was donated to us for one year um, to be able to start um, this. And then um, we moved down to Constitution in San Pedro. And we started with, I don't know, 1500 square feet. And then we went to 2000 square feet because it was a a building that had different suites. So we just kept growing (laughs) and moving into the next suite. And we had great landlords that allowed us to do that. Um, But then we even outgrew that. And it looks like you guys are about to outgrow this place because, again, like for everyone, like if there's a, a podcast, I hope our landlord's not listening because he's <laughs> going to have heart failure for years. That. If there's if there's a podcast that you guys watch, this is the one because I'll add footage of you guys' storage of the the piles and piles of clothes that are just waiting for a home, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Like this is what this city needs desperately. Yeah, it's um, so we're very very fortunate in this building because. The man that owns this building bought it specifically for us. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. he specifically looked. He loves what we do. He's, he wanted to give back to the community. So he looked for a space that was like a store, that could be set up like a store, that had dressing rooms and all of that and had the space. And we do pay rent, but we probably pay a third of what he could rent all of this space for. Wow. So um, we couldn't afford this otherwise. Very honestly, there's no way on God's green earth that we could afford this space um, in any way, shape, or form. Um, So the space really is very much gifted um, to us. Thank goodness for him. Um, So that's why... Please don't let him hear that he, <laughs> since he just bought no, this building. No, this is a June, great building. Please don't let him hear that. No, this is this um, is a great space, and really, it does fit you guys perfectly. Like this is not only is it suitable, like practically and as utility, but it's very warm in here. And we try. The environment you guys have created is very welcoming, and I'd imagine like there isn't a kid that walks in here without a smile on, on their face. Well, they might walk in without a smile right, on well, their we, face, right? But we. when they leave, yeah. that's a whole different story, and we see that frequently even with you know it, it's interesting some of the tough high school guys um that will come in and you know they kind of try to put on that facade of you know um but by the end of 
you know, their experience here. They're joking, you know, we have a guy, we have a couple guys that work with the kids too, that work with the boys. So, you know, we have younger people, we have older people, we have guys, we have women, you know, so we try to make it so, what are you comfortable with type of thing. And so um, very, very seldom do we have somebody leave that's not giggling, laughing, smiling, um, running down the thing, down the center because they've got new shoes and, you know, you run faster and jump higher if you have new shoes. And so they have to experience that running faster down the middle of the store. Um, but, and when we use the word store, I want to make sure people understand that the children are not charged anything. Right. This is a completely free service. After they're referred here, they don't, they don't pay for anything. So what is that, um, referral process like because like you said in the beginning you're very much ingrained into the city not just like the community of people but the city um so what's that referral process like um so let's say for someone who's listening that has a kid in middle school elementary and as you mentioned high school as well what's that referral look like we try to make it as easy as we can but still have some guidelines and regulations so basically if a parent needs services Um, they can go to their school. And most of the counselors know about our services. And it is a very simple referral that the counselor, again, if it's Albuquerque Fire and Rescue, if it's APD, um, we work with um, several other agencies in town that can refer to us. Um, But basically, it's a not even one page. It's like a quarter of a page that they have to fill out. They send to us. And what does that look like, the the paper they fill out for you guys? So basically, it is the referring agents, we call them RAs, the referring agents' information, you know, what their position is, their name, their contact information. And the top part is basically the child's Um, contact information and the parents' contact information, like the child's name, what school they go to, their age, their grade, and then contact the parents' name and contact information. Because we then call them, the parent, and we make an appointment for the child. So we make it very easy. So once they're referred, then that referring agent shouldn't have to worry about it again unless they've accidentally reversed numbers and we can't get a hold of a parent or something like that. But for the most part, once they're referred to us, we try to take it from there and leave that referring agent, you know, because most of them are running, you know, doing 85 things, especially if they're a counselor in a school. So, So we try not to bug them with, you know, just get them, get that information to us and we'll take it from there. And that's, that's our goal. So we try to make it simple. We are not, um, we depend on our referring agents to do their due diligence as far as knowing that that child really does need services. We don't ask for financial information. We don't ask for immigration information. Um, it's the child is there. The child needs clothing. Um, we don't say, well, mom and dad spent their money on a new car instead of clothes for you. That's not the child's decision. So it's, we're here for the child. If the child needs clothing, the child needs, um, uh, school supplies or whatever, that's not up to the child. They don't have control of that. So we're looking out for the child. And I think what's important to take from that is there's a lot of goodwill that's required. And in a city like Albuquerque, that's what we need. We need an organization, well, organizations that have that ability to say, yeah, we're going to trust a lot of the people or a lot, we're gonna put a lot of trust in the people that we're using to be that middleman of like, all right, this kid does need help. Take my word for it. Right. And that's where we've gone with this. You know, it's not like you have to fill out an 18 page packet or, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's right. like we're trusting you. And we tell the referring agents that we're trusting you to do the due diligence to know that. Whatever the situation is, dad lost his job, whatever it is, you know, and they need help. Um, Sometimes we see a child once. We never see him again because of the situation, whatever the situation was at the time. Sometimes we'll see him for a couple years. It just depends on, you know, what's going on in that family and stuff. But we, there is goodwill. (laughs) And so so you've seen, you know, uh, I'd imagine more than a few kids, like, grow up using your guys' service, like, what's that like to be able to impact like that? Well, I'll tell you one of my favorite stories um, is a young lady, and I tell her story with with her permission, Um, and her name was Cheyenne, and she came to us in middle school. She was 12. She turned 21 on Monday. 
makes me feel really old. Um, and she came to us, she was middle school and she was being bullied. Um, she was cutting herself, um, pretty poor self-esteem. And the counselor said, you know, we really need some intervention. We really need your help. And so Cheyenne came and we very quickly bonded with her. And, and, and we do bond with a lot of the kids, but we, for some reason, there was something about Cheyenne that we really bonded with. And Mark Pardo at the time had called me and said, you know, we know you have some kids that could probably use some makeovers. Would you, you know, how, what do you, how do you feel about that? And I said, oh, I got one. I know who it is, you know, and stuff. So so we did, um, she got a makeover, and unfortunately Mark Podo did too good of a job, and she ended up pregnant at 14. Um, and so that was, um, she came and told me, and it was uh, kind of sad. Yeah. Um, she chose to keep the child. Um, yeah. And, um, I promised her that as long as she stayed in school, I would clothe her as long as she continued. I don't, I didn't care what school she went to, but as long as she stayed in school, I would clothe her and I would help guide her. And, uh, her mom was the same way. Um, mom was a single mom at the time and, um, had two other boys that she was, um, two sons. So, um, she did, she stayed in school. Um, she went to new futures, which is a school here in town for, uh, pregnant young ladies and stuff. And it's a great facility. Um, she graduated early from there. She did job core for a little while. And this whole time she's coming to us and saying, okay, well, I could really use a new pair of shoes. You know, and so we really worked with her and she never took advantage. She gets huge credit, never took advantage of it. It was like, you know, I just gained a little weight, I need a new pair of pants, you know, kind of, kind of things. And so we took, we took good care of her. We tried to make sure, of course, um, I'm a, a educator in my past history. So, um, uh, I was always asking, what are your grades? How are you doing? You know, I was, you know, pushing a little bit and stuff. And luckily her mom allowed that. And a long story short, um, she graduated um, and now works uh, at UNMH as a medical tech, has her own apartment, takes care of her five-year-old daughter, um, and uh, makes a living for herself and does very well. And she still comes back here and volunteers. As a matter of fact, she volunteered on Monday on her birthday. She was off. Um, and she came in and, and um, worked with us and stuff. So, you know, yes, we've seen kids kids grow up and we have a few others that are that type of thing. Um, there's one young man and I don't have his permission to use his name, but, um, he's a senior right now. And, um, uh, he's having a little trouble staying in school. I told him I was going to come sit in class with him and he thinks I'm kidding. He thinks I'm kidding. Um, he doesn't know who I know. Um, (laughs) so, so I keep calling his dad. Is he going to class? Yes, he's going to class. Well, if he's not, you let me know because I'm going to I'm gonna be sitting right next to him if he doesn't show up to class. So, um, you know, we, we really do want the best for the kids, and that's, that's our goal and stuff. And, you know, um, we love them dearly, um, every one of them. Some of them we get closer to than, than others. Um, but certainly we have, we've been around long enough now that we've seen, like I said, Cheyenne started with us. When she was 12 and she turned 21 on, on Monday. And so we got to see her grow up. And, um, I think one of the most touching moments ever was when she walked in and handed me her diploma and her hiring letter and said, this is because of you. And I was like, "Mm, okay, I might've kicked you in the seat of the pants a few times, but really you did the hard work, but we were just that support system. We were making sure she knew somebody cared about her, somebody was there for her. And not that her mother wasn't, please don't get me wrong, but there was that community. Somebody else cared about what was happening to her and wanted her to do do her best. Well, I think, and again, going back to the idea of goodwill, there's there's a structural problem in our society right now. Where a lot you find more than often than not that a lot of people, I mean, including myself, are were raised by a single parent household, and nothing against people that are single parents at all. But there's a reason why a two parent household works. There's a reason why still today there are parts of the world where tribes raise kids, villages raise kids. I mean, you go down to even uh, the rural parts of New Mexico, 
the whole community knows everyone's kid. They know the principals. They know the coaches. They know the police officers because they all operate, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, in the idea that it takes all of us to make sure our community thrives. And again, you know, that's just something that Albuquerque's kind of missing right now. And, you know, you, you said that you weren't the reason or you weren't the major that she did the hard work, which is true. But like, I mean, like you said, you've been an educator. You've obviously been working with kids for a very long time. I mean, how many kids would have failed if they didn't have someone that believe, genuinely believed in them, genuinely supported them and showed that? And I just said that and I just patted them on the head and said, you'll you'll get it taken care of. But no, actually took those multiple extra miles to do that right and then the the uglier side of this how many kids have you seen fail and you you not that you knew 100 percent, but you know if that kid had someone right if that kid actually had a person in their life that said i believe in you i'm proud of you you can do this and then you know if they needed something like this needed a service like the one you provide they would have they would have made it one way or another so i think that takes a lot yeah quite honest yeah, and I and I think that's very true, and it and it doesn't have to always be a parent, like you said. Yeah, it can be a piece of the community, and I've always, even when I was teaching and stuff, I always said it takes a village, and I always used a triangle of the child is up here, and down here is the community, the parents and community, and if one of those fails, then that child falls. Right, and that's always been you know kind of my strong. Um, um, belief in you know i'm part of that community whether when i was an educator um or even now and, and i'm very fortunate i have several students that still keep in touch with me and and i haven't taught in 25 years because i've stayed home with my i stayed home with my boys and stuff but even in then i was little league president i was president of the little league you know i was the cub master i was you know and st- <laughs> i've heard uh, that term in a long yeah, long yeah. time you know, but I was, whatever my kids chose to do, you know, and then I was PTA. I was the state PTA president. I traveled the whole state. And that was my thing of somebody's got to be here for the kids. And um, as my kids got older, you know, I'm, I have a 29-year-old and a 22-year-old now. And uh, they're grown. And as I told you, I'm going to be a grandma here uh, so pretty yeah, con- soon. Congratulations on the, uh, the grandkid yes, coming along. Yes, any day. We're just watching the clock. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I've always felt that I, you know, even when now that my kids are raised, I still have a, a commitment to make sure that kids, that somebody cares about them. In what happens to them. And, you know, that's part of my staff with my staff and stuff. It's like, well, if you guys aren't going to care and be kind to the kids, there's the door. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because this, not not to be uh, like dramatic or, you know, anything extraneous, but like this could be their last shot at like something really great happening in their life. Not in general, because we all know that life carries on, but they don't. They have, what, 8 to 14, 15, 16 years of life. And they're not even conscious for any of that, to be honest. I wasn't conscious as a 16-year-old. I had no idea what was going on as a 16-year-old. Who am I? Yeah. The fact that I could dress myself was a miracle. But, like, you know. But I'm to... sure your mom felt that way, too. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, to them, it's like I like the expression, the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that has ever happened to you. They have real no frame of reference of what life really is. So walking into here, this could be like, all right, well, if this doesn't work out, you know, what am I going to do? Or they're like, nope, I know exactly what I'm going to do. It's not necessarily a good thing either. Right. So um, I agree that to ingrain that in your staff is super important. Is that philosophy of specifically, you know, taking care of the younger generation in a community, is that something you've always had in you? Is that something that you've kind of had to, like, that became a part of you as you grew up and went through school? I think it's always been a part of me. And it's interesting that you asked that because I just thought about this recently. When I was younger, um, we lived in apartments. Um, my parents were lower middle income. Um, I did have both of my parents, fortunately, but lower middle income, you know, we didn't do vacations and stuff, but we had a neighborhood and I was the one that 
I don't know if you guys are younger, so I don't know if you remember, but um, there used to be Jerry Lewis's telethon, and you would do carnivals for muscular dystrophy, and you would hold these little carnivals, and you would raise money, and then the telethon would come along, and you'd go drop the money off at the telethon and stuff. I did that every year for years, and I'd get the whole neighborhood together. And what age are you? Everybody to do. I'm probably between ten and twelve. Um, and I get, you know, and so we had a playground within our apartments and we would have games and stuff and I'd maybe raise a hundred, maybe a hundred dollars, you know, with all this. As a, as that young. (laughs) You know, and, 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 but it was important to me, you know, that I did that. And it was important to me that all the kids were involved, you know, and stuff. So I just thought about that recently. I'd kind of forgotten about it, but I guess I did. I mean, in a way, if you think back, that's still caring about you know, other kids yeah. and stuff. And then as you as you grew up, did you intentionally go to school to become an educator? Did you find yourself like, that? this is what I'm going to do? I really wanted to be a pediatrician. Interesting. But I don't have the math mind or the science mind. And I learned that very quickly. Um, so I started uh, looking at other things that were kind of related. So I'm actually a speech pathologist. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and so... Um, and for but people I, who are listening that don't know what that is, what does a speech, a speech pathologist do? So, t- I mean, there's a wide variety, but basically my role was I worked in the public schools, but they, you know, they also work with stroke victims and right. stuttering and articulation and language and stuff. And so... Well, I used to work in the DD waiver, so okay. we, we dealt with... or I not dealt with. I worked alongside a lot of speech pathologists, a lot of speech therapists, so on and so forth. Um, do you have to split soon? Okay. Uh, before you leave, can you get my shoes? Thanks, bud. <laughs> I've got my gym shoes. We're roommates, so my oh, gym oh, shoes gotcha, are in his gotcha. car. Oh, gotcha. um, so you're working. So again, as a speech pathologist, what's their primary objective? Like, what do they do? So, so basically, it's working with kids with possibly learning dis- learning disabilities or articulation, stuttering, voice. I mean, it's a very wide, but you kind of specialize. It's kind of like um, being a nurse or a doctor or some of those things where you specialize. So I specialized in elementary ed. You can also specialize more in middle school, high school, uh, geriatrics. You can specialize specifically in voice or stroke victims, head injuries. Um, my area was very much... Um, elementary schools and that's that's where I spent my whole career was at the elementary school level oh, wow so um, but I very quickly uh, took one class and went mm-hmm, that's where I want to be you know so I think it ended up being a good thing that I wasn't a pediatrician and and stuff that I ended up that's awesome where and, I was so you went from that uh, you spent time to raise your kids mm-hmm. what what was it that made you want to get back and do was it immediately like I want to do something like this or was it just like I want to figure out how to help some way? Well, it's interesting because, like I told you, I was state PTA president. Right. And there there used to be a clothing bank in town that was called the BCC PTA Clothing Bank. And it was around for about 62 years. Um, and I uh, helped run it either by the board or I was the director for the last 10 years of its life. Um, we won't go into where it went, because uh, that would be a whole nother hour. Um, so if you want me to come back sometime, we'll go through that whole story. But it sounds governmental. It was. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, it was shut down, um, and um, uh, I left because of what was happening. And shortly after I left, um, the board of directors said, "This is too much work," um, and so it was shut down. Um, and again, we won't get into the bureaucratic nonsense. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but because I had been state PTA president and because I knew a lot of the people at the schools, I knew the principals, I knew the counselors I had been, um, I was getting lots of phone calls between being the director there and being PTA. I was getting phone calls. What happened? What happened? We need this kind of service, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, Interestingly enough, um, that was when my oldest was in college. Um, my youngest was in high school. They were kind of growing up and they didn't, you know, they're driving. They didn't need me nearly as much and stuff. And so I decided, well, you know, I'm going to look into this. I know how to start a nonprofit because PTAs are nonprofits. And um, and so I kind of knew and I knew it was going to take some time. And everything I did that was supposed to take six to eight weeks took six to eight days. Um 
everything came through just very quickly. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so it was very much, mm, okay, I think I'm meant to do this. I think this is, and people were finding out, you know, the. And what year is this? And this is all happening? Like this the, is the genesis of all this? This is 2014. Okay. So the clothing bank closed in, the old one closed in 2013. So there was just about a year's time that there was nothing. And this was the time when I was getting phone calls and saying, and people going, well, you know what you're doing. Can't you just do it? And. <laughs> um, like, yeah, Totally. Done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a matter of fact, it was Amir Berry at the time and his wife that really said, you know, uh, uh, Maria Berry was actually volunteering at the old clothing bank, and she really pushed and said, you know, Kim, I really think you could do this. Um, and they were actually the ones that gave us our first space um, awesome. for one year. It was their own personal space and property that they owned, and, and uh, they said, okay, we're going to give it to you for one year rent-free. But that's it. That's awesome. You're on your own after that. And um, they held true to their 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 promise. Um, but um, I thought, you know what, I can do this. You know, when things things came so easily, it, you know, and I hate to say easily because now I look back and go, okay, that wasn't that easy. <laughs> um, but, you know, people were like, well, I have some clothes or I have some money. You know, as, as soon as you're a nonprofit and you have all your paperwork, I'm like, I do have all my paperwork. And they're like, okay, send it to me. You know, um, we have a, a company that started with us, LMN Associates, who's an insurance uh, company here in town. And um, we were sitting next to each other at a baseball game. And she said, what are you doing nowadays? And I said, oh, you're not going to believe this. And she goes, OK, I got $1,000 for you. To this day, the woman buys our blue bags for us, sponsors anything we do, um, and is still a supporter nine years later. That's awesome. You know, she hasn't. She hasn't lit up. Um, so um, it's just grown, as you can tell. We yeah. started with like 800 to 1,000 square feet. We're now in about 9,000 square feet. That's awesome. Well, I'm a big believer in uh, build it and they will come. You know, nice boy. Um, and the power of momentum. Um, was there ever a time where you're like, man, this is maybe not getting as much traction or maybe it's like, oh, is this going to be like, where is the longevity still going to stick around? Was there ever any period like that where you're like, how long, how much longer can this go? You know, really, we've just grown every year, you know, and I mean, it's, you know, um, our first year, the whole year, the whole school year, we saw 421 kids, which we thought great, right? Yeah. Last semester. Just from August to December, we saw 2,200, just under 2,200 kids. Wow. Last year, the entire year, we saw over 1,900 kids. So we've already exceeded last year's numbers by in one semester. Wow. So we'll probably hit close to 4,000 kids this year easily. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. So I've never, I mean, in, you know, we started with 421. We have never gone backwards every yeah. year. It's been more and more. And some of that obviously has to do with being known, people knowing yeah. the services exist and that type of thing. Um, so I think that's some momentum. This year was the first year that we went from Bernalillo County to including Valencia, Sandoval, and Torrance. And we were doing numbers, and it's kind of interesting because um, – <laughs> We thought, oh, well, that's where all our additional numbers are coming from, right? It's a small percentage that we're getting right now from Valencia, Sandoval, and Torrance counties. Um, because they're still learning about us right. and knowing what we do yeah. and how we do it. And I think what happens is once people come and they see what we do and how we do it, they're kind of like, oh, they're kind of legit. You know, they they do what they say they're going to do. You do get new shoes. You do get new socks. You do get new underwear. Yeah. Um, they really do care about you. They really, you know, want to make sure you get what you need. Um, you know, our goal would be someday to be able to see the whole state. All right. And we're back. Okay, so what we were talking about was um, you had gotten, um, you gotten your first rental space from the mayor and his wife. Right. And they helped you out a bunch. Right. And then... You just kept seeing growth. Like you added, you added all the, you added all the new regions. You added all of the new places that you're doing outreach to. 
but your organic growth still came from where you started. Right. So right. what what is your guys's like as you're growing? Do you guys have a like a conscious strategy of like okay we're doing this kind of outreach? Do you have like a marketing team? Do you have like we a, don't a social you know, media? So we are a very small staff. Um, we have a staff, and it, it, and for me, we have a staff of ten, which includes me, but I'm not paid, so I'm technically a volunteer, not a staff member. Okay. So it's kind of a. You know, everybody else is paid, but it is very much everybody's kind of part-time. Nobody's paid what they're worth, very honestly. <laughs> um, none of my employees are paid what they're, what they're worth. Um, I'm very fortunate to have them that, that they want to be here. But we don't have marketing. We don't have an IT person. We don't have um, – I mean, one of my employees does our social media stuff kind of on the side. I mean – type of thing you know she right. helps out with that so it's not like we have a big marketing and stuff now do we talk about dreams and what we want to do and where we want to go absolutely i mean we'd like to have a mobile unit i mean that would be the best thing is to have a mobile unit that you know what would that look like so it would be something like um maybe even uh old school bus or you know i always vision kind of the blood mobile you know the, mm, yeah. the big blood mobile that they have? I always kind of envisioned that where there'd be a couple dressing rooms in, in one end and there'd be, you know, clothing, you know, just racks of clothing and stuff. And the kids would come in and they'd shop and they'd go in the dressing room and they'd try things on and it would just be a mobile unit, right? Um, so that we could drive up to Cuba. Um, we could drive down to Cruces. You know, wherever we needed to go, we could drive and um, we wouldn't go to the schools. We'd go to a central location <coughs> because, unfortunately, kids are cruel. They can be cruel. So if you go to the school and they say certain kids going in and certain kids not going in. So there's things you have to be conscious of. But if right. you go to central office, nobody knows. Well, because kids are, aren't good at a whole lot of things, but they're really good at creating their own hierarchies. Yes. And yes. um, bullying is a real thing. And the yeah, I can't speak. The ostracizing that would take place. It's good you're conscious of that. Because, again, kids can definitely be a bit cruel. <coughs> Sorry about that. No, you're okay. Um, so that is that would be our ultimate goal very much, is to be able to go, you know, the first Monday we go down south. The, you know, the Fridays we go down, you know, we go southeast, southwest, north, and stuff. So <coughs> Sorry about that. No, you're okay. <coughs> Too much talking. So that would be our ultimate goal is to be able to have that because the kids can't come in. Um, our second thought would be to have satellites. So there'd be a satellite in Crucis. So um, so what we were talking about in, oh, and we're back. Um, <laughs> what we were talking about was in theory, you guys, well, not in theory, eventually you guys are going to get to a point where you have these remote locations, uh, these little pockets around the state were you able to not only put your name out and represent yourselves, but it's a fully like accessible, it's like a pocket of this place almost. Exactly. And that okay. would be our goal. You know, obviously <clears throat> all of that takes money, mm -hmm. you know, and at this point, um, being a nonprofit, you count every penny and you have yeah. a very tight budget. So I don't see that any, any time in the very near future unless something falls out of the sky and <clears throat> happens, which we would be okay with too. But whether it's us traveling there or having a satellite or something, our goal is to be able to serve eventually, and it may be 10 years down the road, to be able to, be able to serve the whole state. Right. Because we are, you know, <clears throat> childhood poverty is huge in this state. Unfortunately so. And we know that, um, like I said, I started to say we went to Cuba and we went to Moriarty and did pilot programs there. And... It was amazing the need that we saw in those places. The kids were delightful, respective, um, gracious, grateful. They were wonderful. And it's like, we need to be here every day serving these kids. <clears throat> but financially, we can't do it. So, you know, that's a goal. It's very obvious that, yes, it's needed in other areas. But at this point, we can't do it on a regular basis. And... You know, and just for people listening that may be working as social workers, as counselors, teachers, you know, any in any capacity with kids, you know, aside from extremely obvious signs, what are some of the, I don't want to say red flags, but indicators 
of like, hey, maybe this kid needs a little help. Maybe their home life isn't the best. Are there like, well, I'm sure there are, but what are like the common denominators that you've found over your career and working with kids that are like, okay, this is a, this is someone that needs help? Well, one of them is the child that tries to um, disappear into the woodwork. That is, you know, does everything in its, in he or she's power to not be center of attention that, you know, is in the back of the classroom or to the side of the classroom and doesn't want to be, you know, called on or whatever. And that's one of the things we hear from teachers frequently is, who is this child you sent back to me? You know, this was a child that I couldn't get to answer anything. Now they're raising their hand. They're, <clears throat> they're excited. They, they want to participate. Um, I mean, the other thing is when you see that child that's wearing the same thing over and over again. Now, in some cases... You have kids that want to wear their Superman cape every day. We get that. Yeah, when I was like four, I couldn't get rid of my Spider-Man costume. <laughs> yeah, see? They're... I couldn't get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> so there are those kids. But, you know, if you look at it and it's it's obvious to you that there's, you know, um, absences. That's a huge thing. We hear that all the time. Well, I can't go to school because my brother's wearing the shoes today or my sister's wearing the shoes or the coat. The other thing is, you know. <clears throat> we hear a lot of times, especially during cold weather. And does that, like, specifically, because I'll be honest, when you said absences, I'm thinking, like, they're ditching school, they're playing hooky, but it's a, for a lack of attire. Right. So yeah. do you find that's any specific demographic, or is that just across the board, elementary, middle, high? It's across the board, where you'll just, you know, you'll hear that, you know, I, I you know, my kids, you know, there's only one coat or there's only one pair of shoes. And for this kid, it's too small. For this kid, it's, you know, it's kind of like a Goldilocks and the three mirrors. For this kid, they're too small. For this kid, they're too big. For this kid, they're just right. Um, and so they won't go to school, you know, because they don't have the right attire, whether it's shoes, a coat, other things, because, um, or they're going to be bullied because of the attire that they do have. And they don't want to go. They have the stomach ache they have. You know those those types of things, so that's not that's not uncommon, you know, to see that. And we hear that from counselors and social workers and teachers and and from the kids themselves. You know, um, we're like I can go to school every day now. I have my own shoes. You know, um, uh, we hear that on a frequent basis. We hear I can brush my own teeth. I don't have to share my toothbrush with my brother. I don't have to use my finger. Um, <clears throat> those things that we take totally for granted, you know, the toothbrush that's in our drawer and the toothpaste that we pull out every night and brush our teeth and don't think about it. These kids are like, I can hold tube of toothpaste. It's like, yeah, that, that's yours. That's your tooth. For me, kids, it gets socks. We had a little girl recently that had never owned, first grader, never owned underwear. Had never owned underwear. She didn't know what they were. How long did it did you have to be in this line of work until you stopped getting this kind of reaction every time you heard these stories? Oh, I still do. I still do. Um, my staff will come back. <clears throat> and unfortunately, I don't get to see the kids as much now because I spend a lot of time. Behind the scenes. Behind the, the scenes. picture. Right. Yeah, Unless writing you're... grants, you yeah. know, other things. So I spend a lot of time. But I do. I will tell you. Very honestly, if I'm having a bad day, all I have to do is come out here yeah. and go, this is why I'm here. Yeah. This is the reason that I'm I'm doing this. Well, it's also um, a reality check. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, let's be frank. You know, that's that's a reality check, too. Yeah, it is. And, and I need that. We all need that from yeah. time to time. Um, and so, you know, we do come out and, and we look at the kids. But I will tell you, um, it never fails. You know, on a regular basis, um, something will happen and it, and it slaps you in the face and you're like, I'm glad we were here for that kid. That was important that they got that pair of shoes, that they got that jacket. And I will tell you, things work out. It's the craziest thing. We'll get in a pair of shoes and we'll go, nobody's going to take those. Two weeks later, this kid comes in and goes, oh, my God, that's the pair of shoes I have wanted all my life. The green whatever, you know, whatever they happen to be. And you're like, okay, we were wrong. 
you know, we didn't think anybody would take him, but that's what that kid wanted. And it made a difference for that kid that somebody had him, somebody gave him to him, and they feel like they can conquer the world now because they have those whatever, whatever it is, whether it's a certain kind of jacket, whether <clears throat> it's a certain pair of shoes, a pair of pants, whatever it is, they're like, yep, I can do anything now because I have that. And why do you think that is that like so much confidence for kids? I mean, it's, it's a very like a human thing in general, but especially oh, for right. kids, like why do you think so much of that confidence, so much of that um, stability comes from eventually the way they present themselves? Well, it has to do a lot with the community, right? It's how we look at each other, right? And, and you know, shoes are a big, big deal in how you know that hierarchy that you talked about earlier that's a big deal right you know if you have these shoes you're on this level if you have these shoes you're on this level um and so you know we we don't give out nikes we don't give out adidas and if you see any on our shelves it's only because somebody donated them we didn't buy them i will tell you that if hey, you i'm seeing them. some toms <laughs> some uh, some chuck taylors like oh uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah well Is like it... those kids right there those were donated i guarantee we did not buy kids yeah. Um, when you, when you see those, we didn't, but, um, but see, they get to be like everybody else. Yeah. And that's unfortunately, I mean, we all want to keep up with the Joneses, right? I mean, it's just human nature and kids are no different than that. They, they might be on a different level of that, but they want to be like everybody else and they want to be accepted. And unfortunately, clothes a lot of times have to do with how you're accepted and who you're accepted by. It's the gateway into that uh, that system, mm-hmm. almost. Interesting, yeah. So, on like again through your experience, like on a broader scale, what could be done in the city? Like, what what can what can be done in your opinion? I mean, I that's a hard one. I mean, I think that. Um, some of it is just, um, what's the word I want? Being conscious of it, that there is a problem. I think sometimes we're like, no, there isn't a problem. Or no, you know, we, we don't see the forest for the trees. Do you think that it's more of people saying, like, a, a, because I, not that there isn't, there definitely is a, whether it's a conscious or unconscious ignorance of issues like this, right? That's definitely there, and it bleeds into almost ignorance. But... At least in my point of view, do you feel like it could be more of it's there's a problem, but it's not that bad, or it's not my problem. That's I think that's the biggest one to it's be not honest. My I, problem because I've always thought that whether it's child poverty, homelessness, crime, which I which I personally think are the three major issues the city's dealing with, namely crime. I think it's a lot of as long as it's not in my neighborhood, not my problem, and then also. Yes, people want to make money to provide for their families and buy nice things, whatever it is. But I think a lot of it's becoming more conscious. But I think a lot of people do it as, I'm going to make enough money to buy my way out of these problems. To where I can live in a certain part of town or I can have a certain kind of job. Or literally, like a lot of people are just moving out of Albuquerque so they can buy their way out of social problems. Um, I think that's a real thing for sure. But do you think a lot of it is people just aren't educated about it? Where it's like the, it's it, like we have an issue, but it's not that bad. It can't be that bad. Well, I have kids. I have parents or people in general all the time go, twenty two hundred kids. Right. There's really that many kids. Oh, believe me. And there's a whole lot more that we haven't seen. Oh yeah. You know that <clears throat> haven't been referred to us. That haven't been. You know, for whatever reason, we don't know about. Well, elementary schools alone, Albuquerque has like. 12, right? 15? Yeah, I think we're probably closer to 15 15, now. 15, right? because yeah, we were 13 at one point. Yeah, so stuff. 15 times, let's say, um, uh, average of 200 kids, 250 oh, kids. Yeah, right? if not many so, more. Some of them have a lot more. Right, that, so. right. So, well, as you were saying. <clears throat> yeah, and so, you know, I mean, there's a lot of kids out there that we're, we're not seeing, you know. Yeah. And so... Um, that for whatever reason, somebody doesn't take the time to refer them, for whatever reason it is, doesn't recognize that there's an, an issue. Um, and so we don't see them. So <clears throat> um, I think that um, people are, are just flabbergasted. I mean, yeah. really, when I tell them how many kids we've seen. So when, since we've started, now some of these kids are repeats, granted, right? I mean, we see them year after year. And kids can come up to three times a year now. We've upped it because of 
kids growing, seasons changing. It used to be like once a year, twice a year. Now we see them th- up to three times a year. So those numbers are included in there. But, you know, we've seen close to 15,000 kids served 15,000 kids in the almost nine years of our existence. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> and that just continues to grow. So to bring it down to a smaller scale, kid walks in, what is the limit on what they can get? You said you already said three times a year, but on one of those visits, what are the parameters in in which they're doing their their shopping, quote unquote okay. shopping? So you know, obviously, the first thing they always ask is, like I said earlier, about the new shoes, and so they get a new new pair of shoes of of their choice of what we have and stuff. But they get um, uh, five pairs of new underwear, eight pairs of new socks. Um, they get a little more socks thanks to. Albuquerque Fire and Rescue and their Socktober that they do every year for us. <laughs> um, bless their hearts. And then they get basically a week's worth of clothing. So they get three to five bottoms. And that kind of can include shorts, sweats, jeans, leggings, what you know, whatever it is they want. And the reason I say three to five is sometimes <clears throat> they only like this or they only like that and we don't have this. And, right. you know, and so we have what we have. We're not... We're not Target or or whatever we have. You can have me fooled. <laughs> I'll be honest. You can have me fooled, man. Um, we have what we have. So sometimes they only leave with three because we don't have everything that they want. Um, but they can get up to five bottoms. Okay. And they can get five to seven shirts. And again, that's short sleeves, long sleeves, polos. And we keep everything. I mean, we keep everything from... Um, very dressy shirts, buttoned down, that type of thing, to just a grungy old, I don't want to say grungy because we don't keep anything that's grungy, but you know what I'm saying, that average, you know, ACDC T-shirt type oh, I, thing. I, and yeah, stuff. I, sh- I yeah. should have said that in the beginning. Like, none of the clothes here are dirty, unkempt. Like, there's no nothing in here with holes. Like, Oh, no, 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 no. These are all more than wearable, serviceable clothes. Like, these are clothes you, you would want, I'll be honest. Yeah, no, like, that, and that's this a is huge great. goal. Yeah, because that I'd imagine that's a stigma amongst nonprofit clothes drives or yeah, clothing drives or clothing banks. Where it's like, well, if I go there, they're going to be smelly, they're going to be dirty, they're going to have uh, bacteria. We have two washers and two dryers. Yeah, we have two washers and two dryers. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very well kept in here. It's very clean. The clothes are again presented quite well. And that's and that's our goal is we want the kids. Um, if, if your kid's not going to wear it because it has a hole, a stain, um, uh, uh, whatever, worn and stuff, yeah. we won't keep it either. Now, we have other agencies we work with to send things on to, um, but we keep size 4T, 4 toddler, all the way up to 5X. Oh, wow. We have some kids that are 5X, yeah. um, some big, big boys. Um, and so we keep that whole span of clothing and we keep winter, spring, summer, fall. And we keep, um, like I said before, every style, everything from just a plain old t-shirt and jeans to prom dresses, um, because kids have to come for prom. They have to come for homecoming. They have to, you know, that's great that you have that, you know, so, so we have, we try to keep everything they need it. And I will tell you, um, that if we don't have it, you guys get on our Facebook and every so often you'll see me saying, I need X, whatever it is. I don't have a size 32 pair of black pants. 32, say, like, 32. What do you find right now or just off the top of your head or things that you guys are really uh, looking for? So the one thing both finding and having the money for is male underwear. The whole because it's boxer briefs that you guys seem to think you have to have. And <laughs> um, so, you know, and that's the other thing is if you're not going to wear white tidy whiteies as we used to call them, then we want you to have what you are going to wear. Right. Right. And so they're hard to find. Certain sizes are very difficult to find right now. And they are as expensive as I'll get out right now. So that's a, that's a huge need. Shoes are a huge need. Shoes have gone up almost double yeah. in price. I, there's a reason I stick to my Converse that I've had for the last eight years. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. They're outrageous and it's killing our budget. It is absolutely killing our budget. Yeah. Um, underwear and shoes. Um, we spend more money on underwear and shoes than we do our payroll. Wow. So, and that gives you a feel for where the money goes. And that's our goal is that our money, that's one of the reasons I don't take a paycheck. I'm fortunate my husband has a good job. We're settled. 
our kids are older and stuff. I don't need a paycheck. That money can go to a kid getting clothes. I don't need it. Um, and my staff understands that too. That's why they don't make outrageous, you know, uh, hourly pay either is because the money goes to the kids. And that's our goal is that the money goes to the kids. Because that's why we're here. Yeah. No. Exactly. That's no. That's a great philosophy. <laughs> that's our to have. goal, right? And of course, you can't be you can't uh, intrinsically pay. I mean, exuberant salaries, but I mean, that's the whole point. No, it's not. And like I said, I'm very fortunate. My staff gets that, and that's why they're here because they want to be here for the kids and that type of thing. Do we all have bad days? Absolutely, um, and stuff. But we all they're here for a reason. They know what the reason is, and and the child is number one. It's, I don't care if you have a headache. If you have a headache, then go home because you need to put on a happy face and you need to be in a good mood and you need to yeah. make that kid feel like they're number one while they're here. And if you can't do that, then you need to go home. Well, so what's the uh, the demographic of workers that you have right now, both paid and volunteer? What do you... Oh, well, let's see here. Youngest employee is 24. Okay. Our oldest is 73. Oh, Wow. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and we kind of have everything in between, right? Yeah. We have males. Um, we have two guys. Um, so, um, uh, so you know, we have both sides of the that coin and stuff. Um, and one's younger and one's older. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, ethnic-wise, we have Hispanic, Native American, white, you know, so uh, African-American, we have the whole, you know, we try to, so, you know, we are very, I am very much of one, I don't care if you're green and a Martian, if I like you and you're for the kids, you're on. Yeah. Um, And that's, you know, what our staff is. They care about the kids and, you know, uh, when you apply, I don't even look. Are you a boy? Are you a girl? Are you 73? Are you 24? I'm going to talk to you. And if you're there for the kids and you're happy and you want to, you know, do what's best for the kiddo, then that's that's who I want working here. Right. That's your focus. No, that's awesome. I mean, because there's a the, one of the biggest complaints right now from employers across the board is people from the age of 18 to like 29, 28 don't want to work. And so to hear that you have people, obviously in the upper age of the 20s, here willing to work like that is phenomenal. I mean, that's great. Well, and we're fortunate because they do, they work and they work, you know, really hard and they, and they like the kids. And um, uh, and our volunteers, too. You know, we have some high schoolers that come in and volunteer. And we have retired teachers that come in, you know, um, and volunteer. And we survive off of our volunteers. I mean, everything that we have to do um, with a small staff that we have, we have to have the volunteers or we would never make it. Just There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's Yeah, I mean, that's awesome you guys have that. Um, And one thing I want to close out on is so when you have big events like uh, you had with the the Macy's event that you had, um, what, what did it look like putting all that together and what was the uh, the turnout for you guys? And when, when did it take place? Let's start with that. So it was December uh, 4th. Sorry, 8th. I don't know where that came from. Um, December 4th. So it was right before Christmas. Um, and um, basically each child had a mentor. So we went into the community and we asked people in the community, um, uh Everything from lawyers to, um, you know, we had Eddie Garcia, for example, from Channel 4. We had Fred Sloan Van and and Robert from uh, Two Men On. Um, So we went out and it was everything from um, local celebrities to um, a teacher that just wanted to be there with the kids. You know, realtors we had... um, you know, people from, from all over, a younger, older, again, that, you know, that huge demographics. Um, uh, Chaz Malibu was there. Um, uh, and uh, he actually got a kid that was into music, and they've got this great bond now. Talk about a perfect pair. Um, so each child got a personal shopper that went through Macy's with them. So it was that same philosophy that we hold here is that that child gets some attention they get one-on-one they get somebody that tells them that they look great um uh and and really works with them um 
while they're shopping over there. So that was that was the goal. And, you know, we were very fortunate, like I said before, that the sponsors like McDonald's and Macy's and all of them came on and said, okay, we're going to make this happen. You know, each kid's going to get $150. And then McDonald's let them go over and have lunch at, or breakfast, <laughs> whatever they wanted, at McDonald's. You know, so um, it's, it ta- again, it took a community. It took a village to make this happen for the kids. That's, that's, I mean, that's good to hear. It really is. And uh, I've been looking forward to this, sitting down and talk to you because, you know, Albuquerque, I keep saying it, there's the truth. And I've said it so many times on this podcast before, like Albuquerque needs stuff like this. Like people need to be reminded that there is still some shining light in this city and that it's all, it's not all just, you know, despair and crime and drugs. And, you know, you could add to the list a thousand times on, but it's awesome to know that there are people and organizations here who genuinely want to help, no strings attached. Because I, the one thing I wanted to bring up a little earlier, too, was, you know, another stigma people attach to, like, nonprofits or just uh, benefit organizations or programs is like, oh, I'm going to have to jump through a thousand hoops, and they're going to look at my taxes, and they're going to look at my da 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 So that's why I wanted to get on really early was that you fill out a piece of paper. We have people doing that job for us. And if you need it, we got you. That's a super important, that's a, that's a lifeline I feel like a lot of families need. And that's, that's awesome because of providing that. Um, so before we close out, how can people find you online? Where, where are you guys located here? And then do you have any um, events coming up? Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so we're on Manal, basically Manal in San Pedro, 6203 uh, Manal. Um, so we're right next to FedEx. Um, we finally have a sign on the street, and we're supposed to be getting one on the building. That's been a major endeavor to get those. Um, uh, so we're fairly easy to find. We're on a bus line and that type of thing, which is very important to us. Easy You're right to across get the street to. from the supplement store that I go to as well. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're right, right, you know, right across from the mall. So yeah. that makes it uh, pretty easy. Um, so um, we do have a website. Locker505.org, pretty easy website, um, and you can donate money on there. Our hours to donate clothing, etc., is on there. Our upcoming events are on there. Our, you can sign up for our newsletter there. We do have a Facebook page you can sign up for and keep track of what we're doing and when we have needs. So we'll put out, you know, we're in desperate need of X, Y, or Z, whatever, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, we have all that. We have an Instagram uh, so we try to keep up with all the things. Thank goodness I do have some younger employees because that is not my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> hey, it's, it's not mine either. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out myself. <laughs> so uh, thank goodness for them. Um, so, you know, really our website's probably the best place to go to find out what's going on, what we need. We keep a needs list on there. Um, but as far as events coming up, we have two on February 3rd. Um, Sheraton Uptown Albuquerque is a huge sponsor of ours and always beautiful, whatever we have, they're like, yep, bring them on down. Um, so we're doing a trivia event, tailgate trivia, and, um, we're going to have some big prizes and stuff. It is $50 a seat, but it's a whole evening of fun with food prizes, etc. And all the money goes to us because everything's donated pretty much. Right. So brain gang, bring, I do this every time to Hoff. Brain Gang Trivia is who's doing the trivia. So if you're familiar with him, he's very funny. He's very good. He used to be a DJ here in town. Um, But it's a great, you can just come two or three people or you can bring a whole team of 10, um, come and play. Um, It's from like 7 to 9, 9.30. Um, It's hysterical. It's fun. Um, And you don't, I've played and I've actually known some of the answers. So you don't (laughs) have to be a genius to be able to, to play um and it's a lot of fun and then um in april um we have a fashion show this will be our ninth annual fashion show again at the sheraton uptown because they do let's have anything we want to they're really good to us there um and so it will um focus on six local designers actually designers that are from here um in uh, new mexico and it'll be, again, It's it started when we used to just have kids come in and model and they'd bring their outfits and stuff. 
Um, and now it is actual models and designers, and we have a silent auction, and you know, very foo foo with food, and <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun again. So you know, it's kind of that laid back trivia type thing, or if you want that foo foo, uh, you know, we try to have something for everybody um, to come out and enjoy. Both of those events again are on our website, and you can even sign up for them on our website and stuff. Um, but you know. Um, we're very fortunate people sponsor those things so that all that money goes straight to the kids. You know, your ticket money and stuff goes straight to the kids. So. Beautiful. Um, oh, and then if people want to do, donate clothes, uh, clothing items, school supplies, uh, how can they do that? And then how can people donate funds as well? Okay. So, again, on our website it has – so whenever we're open, you can donate. Okay. Starbright Cleaners also takes donations for us. Um, so there's, there's three of them, one on fourth street, one on Osuna and one on Coors. Those three all take donations for us year round. So thank you to Starbright Cleaners. They're awesome. Uh, so drop off your cleaning while you're dropping off clothes for us. Two birds, one stone, um, easy. Um, but, um, so that's easy, but you can drop off things here when we're open. We're open Monday through Friday. Unfortunately, due to finances and stuff, we're not open on the weekends, um, as much as we'd like to be. Um, but again, on our website, you can do PayPal, you can do Venmo, um, you can, you know, you can drop off a check. Um, our address is on there, so you can mail us a check, um, type of thing. And, and I am very much one to say whether it's $25 or $2,500, whatever it is, we will put it to good use. Um, and, and we appreciate it all the way around, you know, it's important it allows us to see the kids well i appreciate you um first and foremost i appreciate what you're doing for our community this is i awesome. love what i do every day i can I love tell coming to work and that that's... and it's not really work but i love coming <laughs> here and hanging out and that's the beauty of doing stuff like this is i i think that if a lot more nonprofits uh went out of their way and really spoke about this at length and really showed what the what the philosophy is what the mindset is i think uh minds would change and you see a lot more traffic so this is awesome I, well, think, thank you. I think this is beautiful what you guys are doing. Um, I'm, of course, appreciative for letting me come in. And I'm glad you came you. and saw the place. It's different, right? When it's you see great. It, it's... It's, seriously, it's great. And before I step out of here, I'll get some footage to pop over as well. And um, I'm, I'm real grateful. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for coming. We <laughs> love, well, I love talking about this place and, and what we do. So It's been a real pleasure. And uh, thank you guys for listening and watching as always. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.